Welcome back everybody to Chatterstorm. We are back for episode 33 and today is a interesting one because we are going to look at a bunch of the new Streets of New Campana spoilers. First of all, my name is Sam. Uh, I am your host, followed by my co-host Josh and Sarah. Hello. Hello. Hello guys. Um, so, in as I said, in this episode we've got lots and lots to talk about because uh, last week, I didn't think we covered too many spoilers. I was also absent last week because I had COVID, so I am back in full fighting force now. Um, so, effectively, with the co- uh, huge amounts of spoilers, actually, I think the full spoiler is out now. Is that correct? Is that right? Because it's still really what? early. Pre releases next week. They usually finish a week before. No, you're right. Because I saw a bunch of commons in the most recent um, spoilers, and that usually means that they've uh, chucked out the rest of those comments yeah they kind of yeah. just like do those at they the end don't dump they? those in yeah so i think the full spoiler for spirits of nuka Pena is out which is very exciting we now have a full insight of what the set is like uh we have a full insight of all the the families and what they're what they do how they work the story i think is either almost fully out or fully out but uh yeah let's start off with uh well the last time we spoke about cards we only had the we only spoke about three of the crime family bosses as well as three mm-hmm. of the charm cards we now have the other two so we have falco spara pact weaver which is the bant mythic um so general rundown of this guy he's a flying trample 3-3 and he has a shield counter when he enters and he can look at the top card of your library and cast spells from the top card of the top of your library by removing a counter from a creature you control so my first thoughts on this card is it's fucking incredible (laughs) this is an incredible (laughs) commander uh i I think this will see standard play i think this will see a play in a few formats but Inter- like the the first, like with these cards, they're definitely commander focused, right? Because they're multicolored yeah. legendary creatures that ca- they are they are leaders, they are commanders in themselves. That's their yeah. whole personality. Mm-hmm. So this one is incredible because casting spells from your library is an amazing uh, state of card advantage. The cost of removing a counter, I'm assuming, is the theme of the, what your deck is going to be. You're going to be putting lots of counters on your your creatures and, and buffing them up. Um, so yeah, what do you guys think of Falco's Farah Pact Weaver? How do you guys like his design, the card and things like that? I think that it's clear to see where this card has been tempered so that it's not too strong. Um, yeah. Like you can't play lands off the top of your library with Falco's Farah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really important. And I, I do think actually this is much better, much more balanced than say mm-hmm. something like Elsha of the Infinite, which is just an insane amount of card advantage. Yeah. Um, um, but... I think that I do think this is powerful. Um, and, mm. you know, Bant is going to have a ton of ways to incidentally just put counters on creatures. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's a massive amount of card advantage and it is a good commander for that reason. Yeah. I think that the ability is good in standard, but I think that the creature itself kind of means that this isn't going to cut it in standard. Like having three toughness that, yeah. is way too answerable in standard yeah um that's like you yeah. play this on turn four that's a turn five meat hook takes it out um a braid mm-hmm. takes yeah. it out strangle is going to take it out that like a lot of removal answers this at three mana at four cmc um sky clave apparition still hits it uh yeah and, yeah, it, it, I, yeah i, I think that the, the removal in standard is not friendly to four or lower cmc and three toughness creatures that being uh, said though it does come in with the it does come in with the shield counter, so it has some built-in protection. 
mind you. Well, that's true. So, that's true. Uh, obviously, that doesn't dodge things like Skyclave, which does exile the creature, but it can mm-hmm. survive one bout of removal, which yes. could yeah. potentially be enough to push it over because that's that means it requires two cards to answer, and that's a lot of mm-hmm. card disadvantage for the opponent. And yeah. In, yeah, that's in not a bad trade. A of, yeah, it's it's not the worst thing. It's a nice uh, nice way to protect itself. I, I really enjoy the uh, the shield counter mechanic. It's it's a nice way to make these cards, uh, you know, do something <laughs> without just getting. Because without <laughs> yeah. the shield counter, you're right. This thing gets removed so so Straight easily. Away, yeah. Uh, but having your opponent spend two two cards to remove this is a lot of resource. It's a lot of resource in whatever game yeah. you're playing. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a you nice right. bit of protection. I was, there. It was kind of going to say that you know your four mana creature that trades with an elite spellbinder is just <laughs> yeah. really big sad. Uh, but the shield sad. counter does make a huge difference. Actually, mm-hmm. a huge difference. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Uh, so that is also one of the new mechanics that are specifically in the uh, broker house or the broker family slash bant. Um, which I'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to because it actually makes a lot of the bank cards that come in with a shield counter just a lot more resilient and mm-hmm. it makes them because a lot a, a lot of card design recently has been like a, if it doesn't have an ETB or do something straight away it's a shit card don't play it but this kind of <laughs> yeah it, this kind of removes that clause like you can have a card that doesn't do anything immediately yeah um, and it can be a little bit more powerful because yeah, because yeah, the shield counters mean away. you're very likely to get some value out of the card, some kind of value out of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So overall, I'm I'm a big fan of this guy. Um, really nice commander. Uh, definitely worth considering building this guy. It looks like it's going to be a powerful one. Yeah. Uh, the other one that we got to see is one that I am so excited for. As you guys know, I am a big Jund fanboy. Uh, so mm-hmm. we get Zeatora, the Incinerator. Uh, Zeatora it costs six mana value, so it costs three and then Jund mana. For a demon dragon that is a 6-6 with flying, at the beginning of your end step, you may sacrifice another creature. When you do, Zeatora deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target, and you create three treasure tokens. That's fucking nuts, man. That's madness. <laughs> like, yes. that's so good. Yeah. Yeah, the three treasure tokens is so much because mm-hmm. you spend a lot of mana, so you spend six mana on your turn to slam this guy down. Oh, sorry, this girl, actually. Zeatora is a lady. Um, and you, yeah, you slam Zeatora down, and you still have a bit extra mana that turn to not kind of waste your turn, if that makes sense. So you get to yeah. mm-hmm. well, you know, deal damage to a end step. Uh, so you, oh, that's true, actually. Yeah, you yes. can't use the mana that turn, but you still, yeah, you, it is kind of a three mana rebate on a flying six six. Is pretty good. Yeah, you're getting value out of whatever you sack as well, most likely because you're playing mm-hmm. in the because sacrifice you're a colors good deck builder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you're not playing. <laughs> I mean, you can you can choose not to build this with sack, but I would probably not yeah. advise that. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, um, it's a nice creature. It's a really cool card. Um, really mm-hmm. powerful commander as well. I don't think this is something we'll see in standard. Although we did see a lot of Corvold in standard, and a lot mm-hmm. of people did not expect that to be one of the powerhouses of the sacrifice deck yeah. because that deck wanted to play a lot of little things that pay off with play, playing such small mana cost creatures uh, and just racking up value. But Corvold definitely was super, super fucking strong. So, um, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, maybe this sees standard play. Um, it having an impact immediately on the end step mm-hmm. could mean that it's good enough. Like, you don't, it doesn't have to stick around for a turn. It needs to be removed at, like, instant speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I do like that, I mean, it's, it's fling on a stick, right? 
right? yeah. just fling, fling on yeah. a demon dragon. Um, so fling on a demon dragon. So like, um, from a law perspective, is that what Ziatora is doing? Is she throwing people <laughs> at other people? I like to think so. Um, she like, gets yeah, money. Okay. fling ability, so it makes it makes sense to me. Uh, and I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I mean, think, she's the demon yeah. dragon. I'm sure she could fling anything she wanted. So yeah, I like that. We can we can put that into the law. Yeah. There you go. Plus, so, um, it's Zeatora that deals the damage. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're playing with commander damage, which our pod normally doesn't, but by mm-hmm. normal commander rules, then uh, um, th- you know this is a burn spell every turn, and you're going to need to get to 21 damage to win the game or to which thing josh i think the commander damage rule is only combat damage isn't it i'm not 100 sure i mean we could just look up now but i think it might just be combat damage i'm pretty sure it's combat damage as a way to nerf things like niv uh commander damage is only from combat damage there you go okay yeah all right um so slightly less broken in commander but still fling on a stick yeah still very powerful um of the five, of the five uh, bosses of these families, crime families, which one do you guys think is the most powerful out of them? The most powerful? I honestly think Jetmir is the mm-hmm. strongest. Um, yes. Maybe, no, even, I think Lord, like Lord Xander is incredibly strong, but it's just in like EDH, I think it, you're just never going to pull it off. It's too well projected. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But Jetmir mm. takes a very scary board and for four mana can turn it into an insanely scary board. Uh, yeah, and if it's, you very, Jetmir, it's a very fast commander. Yeah, if you, if you answer the commander, like it gets killed in the middle of combat or something, then you're probably still facing down a very big board. Um, mm-hmm. So I think Jetmir is the strongest of the lot. I am inclined yeah, to agree I with agree. you. I agree. Yeah, I think Jetmir is a very fantastic commander out of these. Really nicely statted as a 5 4 for 4 mana. And you're right, like being 4 mana, you don't have to commit so much to your deck to make sure this is played. Like you can mm-hmm. play it, have it killed, and you're still going to be doing lots with, with mm-hmm. your creatures. Lord Xander, which is what a lot of people initially thought was the most broken one. Um, I simply just think the 7 mana is, you're right, it's going to be such a telegraphed play like people and no, people know exactly what you're building yeah. up to and when you're going to play it that they're going to be focusing you for it um yeah. so yeah um it's a huge different like when it comes to mana costs in in anything like it, it's it's easy to dismiss that it's only, it only costs like three more mana but that is such a huge amount in the game of magic the gathering so mm-hmm. uh i i yeah i'm inclined to agree that the jet being four mana relatively cheap is probably the most powerful one yeah, you, like uh, your ideal case with Jetmir, because uh, he buffs himself as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you play him on a board with yeah. eight creatures, which doesn't really seem impossible at all. And you're paying four mana for a, an eight four with vigilance, trample, and double strike. <laughs> yeah. That also gives all those things to the rest of your team, the other eight creatures that you've yeah. got. Yeah, I, it's yeah. really explosive. Very, very mm-hmm. nice commander card. Um, one of the best Nye commanders I think I've seen in a while, which mm-hmm. is nice to see. Um, Nye has always kind of been a bit of an underdog in the three color, three color uh, options. So good to see that. Good to see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so one quick thing we wanted to talk about before we go on is uh, the card design or the design for this set was mainly focused around having cycles of cards because the focus of this set is the five crime families. It makes it easier to you know chuck out cycles of cards where they're you know related to those five families on those five colors. Uh, for those of you who don't understand what a cycle is, a cycle of cards is effectively 
uh, a way to group these cars together because they share similarities or mechanics. Uh, uh, so, for example, like every set will have a cycle of land because they are different colors, but they do the exact same thing. So you'll have the pathway mm-hmm. cycle where they're all yeah. the optional cycle, uh, the optional cards on each side. You have the tango land cycle, um, and I'm I think I'm not sure if this is true, but I think this set has the most card cycles out of any set because that's where the main you know that was the main. Uh, selling point for the set the the fact that they can just chuck in all of these cycles of cards to mm-hmm. you know group them all together and it makes it for a really mm-hmm. nice uh, really nice card design because we get to equally play all three of these colors um so that's one thing to look out for when you're playing this set either in limited or standard is that you know the cycle of cards will help you determine kind of what the other cards do what to look out for uh, so if we go on to for example the next one uh, the underboss cycle so the mm-hmm. underboss cards are effectively uh, all hybrid mana co- uh, legendary creatures, which means they their mana cost will be in those three colors. But uh, I think I think they all have two of their mana pips are hybrid mana, which means you yeah. can, for example, if we take uh, Rigo Streetwise Mentor, they are a three mana value commander, and you can pay it with either green slash white, a white, or a white slash blue. It's a bit hard to understand that because it's not easy to explain, but effectively yeah. it makes it for a really flexible, like you can play this card with three white mana mm-hmm. or you can play mm-hmm. it with two white mana and a blue or one green mana and two white, basically. So really, really easy to cast, um, which makes them nice because three colors is not easy to cast. Uh, so it's nice to have these kinds of creatures. Uh, all of these guys are legendary creatures and they're all rare cards as well. And they more or less reflect the the same as the previous uh, boss cards that we went over, like Jetmir. So uh, if we go into Rigo, for example, Rigo is the broker or bant one, which is a 2-2 cat citizen. Where it enters with a shield counter on it, and if you, when you attack a player or planeswalker with one or more creatures with power one or less, you draw a card. Um, so they're generally a little bit less powerful than, obviously, their boss counterparts, because that would be... Mm-hmm. Uh, a bit unfair on them but um yeah like you can you can go through all five of these cards and you can see the similarities in them they all reflect their house and they all have those similar so almost similar casting costs they kind of yeah. range from three mana to five mana um have you guys had a read through all of these we've got rego streetwise mentor Ginny fay jet miss second evelyn the covetous tollers the clever conductor and Ognis the Dragon's Lash. Yes. Now, I won't so, go into too much detail on each one, but uh, what do you guys think about these ones? So I think what's important about these cards um, that some people may not know is um, in designing the shards for New Capenna, the design team wanted the shards to... I mean, the shards are three colours, but the bulk of each family's color identity is derived from the middle color um mm-hmm. which is why something like rego streetwise mentor you can pay bant for it or you can just pay white because in the broker's family uh they're like think of them like 70 percent white and 15 percent green and blue um and mm-hmm. so when, when you look through brokers and you think about their color identity y- the design team kind of designed them to be that one core color splashing the other two and the underbosses represent that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that 
I mean, I think a lot of these are really good. Like the flexibility that you have mm -hmm. uh, in casting all of them means so many decks have access to them. Um, they're yeah. all pretty well costed. Uh, I'm already wondering whether like um, Rego, for example, uh, Rego Streetwise Mentor, I, I think that might be an upgrade for the mono white deck. Um, like a three mana two two that draws cards off of your Adeline triggers. Um, that's true. I, I yeah. feel like well, I don't know if it triggers there. off of Adeline because the the creatures come in attacking, and this triggers off of when you attack a player. Attack, player ah, you're right. So, yeah. But you're right. Having power one or less creatures in mono white is quite a common. You know, you can definitely get some uh, some nice things off of this one. And well, yes, you're right. You can yeah. cast this all in mono white, which is really nice. I really enjoy that they have this because it makes them a lot more accessible. Like you can, you can basically, yeah, all of them are effectively monocolored, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. You can play them in, in the monocolor, the core color of their house. Um, so for example, Ginny Faye costs, a, you can choose a red or green, a green, and then a green and white. So you can play it all in green. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, as you said, like a really nice design. It makes it accessible. And yeah, potentially this is a, an upgrade to the mono white deck because... Yeah. We know there's the uh, the Naya Humans deck, which is effectively mono white splashing red and green for things like Sigarda and uh, Halana and Elena. So potentially you could replace the th one of those powerful creatures with one of these, um, mm -hmm. or with Rigo, and uh, get a bit more value out of it. So yeah, yeah, really maybe. cool card. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yes, uh, and when you look at Ginny Faye, for example, you know you, you can take away that because you can pay just three green for her. Uh, that tells us that the cabaretti are mostly green. Their color mm -hmm. identity is, mm -hmm. is more green than anything else. Uh, yeah. It's not like an even split between the three colors. I agree with that. Um, so having looked at these five cards, uh, and also be sure to tweet us what you guys think is the best out of these, but what do you guys think uh, is gonna, is your either your favorite one or the strongest one out of them? Well, I have a very obvious favorite, which is Ginny Bay. <laughs> of course, cause... yeah. Sure. There's been quite a few things for Rin and Seri actually yeah. that are definitely going to upgrade it. But yeah, she makes you slide right into cats. Rin and Seri. Yeah, literally perfect. Her and Jetmir, they're going straight in. It gives you the opportunity to make more pet tokens, also, and mm -hmm. be better tokens as <laughs> better well. Tokens, it yeah. makes two yeah. two cats instead of with haste. three one yeah. ones with haste, and three one dogs instead of one ones, and they have vigilance. And they have vigilance. Yeah, they're very powerful. Um, <laughs> there's so much like weird jank potential with this as well like mm -hmm. um you so something like brass's bounty the seven mana uh make a number of treasures equal to the number of lands that you control mm -hmm. um so in naya you ramp 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 Ginny phase down you play brass's bounty and instead of 14 treasures you make 14 two twos with haste with haste yeah. you're right yeah this could yeah, be a potential like there's, there's some real like there's massive potential with Ginny to just have stupid turns where you make yeah. a bunch mm -hmm. of useless tokens um that turn into creatures that can attack uh, yeah i think yeah it's bonkers and and it looks quite fun she does mm -hmm. look really powerful in Ren and Seri for sure as well. Like mm -hmm. you could even consider sw sw swapping her out as the commander if you want to play like a maybe different game. Uh, oh, I, I don't know actually because your deck is more focused on Ren and Seri generating tokens, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, and you don't have as much token generation in the main deck. I, um, I, yeah, no, have... there, there's there's a, a handful of cards handful, that yeah. create tokens, but that is it. It is maybe like 
Yeah. Three or four max. So yeah, so. this this would go in, in the main deck, I would assume. But yeah, very, very powerful up like uh, engine for your deck, I would say. It really mm-hmm. increases the output of your power and toughness. Um, so yeah, really sweet card there. Um, I really do like the uh, the Maestro's one, the Vampire, Evelyn the Covetous. Because uh, I was thinking about this and I was thinking, my Vampire's deck... Could I turn it into Grixis vampires? And then I realized I could just slam her in as a commander and not have any blue because, yes, like the cards don't need yeah, a blue true. color identity. Only the commander needs that color identity. If, as in, like I can play just red and black cards in a three color deck. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, it won't be, it be optimal. Blue. But if I don't want to spend too much on changing the deck itself, um, I can just slam her in as the commander. Mm-hmm. And a very mm-hmm. powerful commander she is because she is a flash two five. And whenever her or another vampire enters a battlefield under your control, exile the top card of each player's library with a collection counter on it. And once each turn, you may play a, play a card from exile with a collection counter on it if it was exiled by an ability you control, and you may spend mana as though were any color to cast it. Um, one thing I have noticed about these five underbosses is they are quite pushed for commander. This is definitely, as you can definitely yeah, like tell, definitely. this is way more powerful than commander mm-hmm. and... Uh, a very powerful commander card in itself. Um, so yeah, I'm, 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 I, I like this one a lot. Potentially going to pick it up as an alternative commander for Strafan at the moment. Uh, but yeah, really, really sweet one. Uh, the other mm-hmm. two as well, uh, just to briefly go over those. Uh, Ognis, the Dragon's Lash. This one's a really, really interesting one. I haven't had seen this design in, uh, before, but it's effectively a haste tribal commander. You want to play cards with a bunch of haste because it reads, mm-hmm. uh, it's a 3-3 Viashino legendary warrior with haste. Whenever a creature you control with haste attacks, create a tapped treasure token. Mm. Uh, so you can pump out a bunch of haste creatures, get lots of damage in, and set up next turn with a big, big spell. Um, I do find that the treasures coming in tapped, I, I get that it was probably a necessary nerf. It reads mm. like it was a necessary nerf. Definitely. Um, yeah. yeah. But it is kind of sad <laughs> that it is it's sad. like such a fast-paced commander. Clearly, a fast-paced deck, but you have to wait to... till next turn. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I, I would imagine it was originally designed to not be tapped. But once you start, like the first thing I was thinking about with this is the extra turn, extra combat support. If you're running extra combat with yeah. this, you're effectively taking infinite turns. That's kind of every creature you yeah. attack with. <laughs> Is generating treasures every single yeah. combat. It would be mm-hmm. kind of nuts. So I'm assuming that's why they would have put in that that uh, clause there. But either way, like a really nice, easy to cast commander, four mana, and you can basically play it as mono red if you want to. You can play a mono red haste deck with this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah, it's really sweet. So mono, mono red haste is a deck in standard. It is, yeah. Um, maybe this mm-hmm. makes the cut. <laughs> I don't. Uh, maybe, yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, um, you wouldn't need to write to treasures, anything though. though. Yeah. yeah. What do your treasures even go to? Like yeah. m- more creatures, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really sweet card. I, I just like the design of these underbosses. I think more so than the the bosses. The bosses are actually a little bit harder to uh, make them work. I think these well, that ones kind of all... makes sense, doesn't it? Like the, the underboss yeah. does much more actual. Does work. all the stuff. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's part of the design for them. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, and then you've got Tolu's, which is the Esper of Obscura one, which is a three run three run rogue. And when it enters the battlefield, it connives. Whenever you discard or one or more cards, you exile them from your graveyard, and you can put all those cards exiled with Tolu's into the owner's hand when it dies. Um, 
I think it's probably the least powerful one of the three of the five. Sorry, it's yeah, it's hard it's to true. make work because you need to be killing it <laughs> to make it work. Yeah, it's kind of counterintuitive because yeah. like you're conniving and throwing your non-land spells like non-land cards away and so yeah. is, is growing and growing it's growing but and then to it get those cards you need it to die uh, yeah it kind yeah. of feels like um a weird kind of tactic to be honest build up this yeah. massive vanilla creature and then find a way to get it killed mm -hmm. hmm. yeah like it's not in the sacrifice colors either like you mostly see sacrifice strategies in the river tears and the maestros mm. um so interesting to see in obscura although there was the obscura charm which does reanimate a multicolored three mana value permanent so maybe that's where that comes in mm. um is reanimating this or getting it killed reanimating it and then getting a bit of that card advantage who knows who knows what it is but this one i'm not as big of a fan of but nonetheless uh really nice designs for the underbosses uh I, I'm, I'm a big fan of these ones um and yeah so be sure to check those out potential commanders there for you guys uh well there's there's so many potential commanders yeah in this set uh, and they're all really 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 powerful so moving on to the next cycle uh the capo cycle which i think is short for a word which i cannot remember nor can i <laughs> how um, helpful <laughs> hold, hold on, on a second. let me let me google uh mafia family ranks um uh capos capos is capo short. regime capo regime cap yeah capo capo, capo, capo regime. regime yeah Probably yeah not uh, i think this is like under underboss basically <laughs> yeah it's like um i don't know a squad captain um yeah something like that um so this is a cycle of legendary creatures as similar to before these are all in uncommon though so you've got mythic rare legendary creatures, rare legendary creatures, and now you've got uncommon. And uncommons are always interesting legendary creatures because they are, not only are they cool commanders and cheap commanders, they are also PEDH commanders as well, uh, which is pauper EDH. Pauper, yeah. Um, so this capo cycle, I don't know about you guys, but these cards are insane. Like They are pretty, all pretty of, busted. Almost right? all of these cards, some of them are really disappointing, but I love all of these uh i think there's some yeah. serious power and uh, yeah these are i think these are <laughs> these are the, some of the best cards that we've talked about so far even though they're yeah. supposed to be a you know a few ranks down i think they're considerably uncommon. stronger than the previous ones yeah that we've yeah so far. um i think the what do you guys think is the strongest one out of these five or your yeah your okay well that depends on your definition um best magic card yeah definitely best, rocco best cabaretti caterer which is also the name of sarah's dog Just yeah, to yeah. Throw that out there. <laughs> oh wait sorry jordan who's my brother will get very angry oh. um it is his dog jordan's dog the, the family are just allowed to love him a lot <laughs> <laughs> they're allowed to they have permission from jordan yeah um but yeah rocco is is very powerful do you want to read that one out or, oh absurd or... it's um so it's x Red, green, white for a 3-1 legendary creature elf druid. When Rocco Cabaretti Caterer enters the battlefield, if you cast it, you may search your library for a creature card with mana value X or less, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. Um, so a, a, <laughs> a tutor on a commander. Yeah, on a commander. On an uncommon insane. commander. On an uncommon, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is really, really good for commander. Probably might mm -hmm. even see play elsewhere. Uh, really good PEDH commander. 
Like it's got to be yeah. one of the more powerful. It's got to be one of the best ones. Yeah. 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 I remember last time I looked are, at. To be honest. Yeah. I think they would be because last time I looked at PDH commanders, they were all kind of shit. <laughs> They're all kind of. That's the point. Um, <laughs> that's the point. There's these like are two. Pushed. Yeah. I don't know whether yeah. that, that might have been intentional, but these are these are pretty pushed for poor commanders. Yeah. I'm not sure whether that's even on Wizards' radar, but um, they definitely are. The one that I like the most um, is Lagrella the Magpie, mm-hmm. um, because it's a flicker commander with a really good ability that also interacts with the rest of the board. I love mm-hmm. the artwork. I love the colors. I love the name Lagrella the Magpie. I think <laughs> this is the one that I want to build the uh, most. You have a, um, you have a crush because I already play Flicker. Yeah, I would need to say goodbye to rune to rune um, yeah but rune which is, is totally fine because he, he yeah, does nothing rune he's does just nothing. he's just there for the colors um but the one that's, that's actually me. the strongest is mm, pretty rune. obviously not those two it's obviously uh mr orfeo the boulder the um, boulder <laughs> which is just so clearly just a ripoff of dwayne johnson um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pretty it's, much. It's one yeah. black, red, green for a 2-4 legendary creature Rhino Warrior. Whenever you attack, double target creature's power until end of turn. So I don't know if you guys know this, but Rhino people in the Magic the Gathering universe are called rocks. <laughs> oh, know that. okay. I did not yeah. know that. Mr. Orfeo the Boulder is just... <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's a rocks. Like, this yeah. is... This is just, yeah, it, it's clearly Dwayne Johnson. They it's also, um the strongest of the five. Maybe he plays magic. Yeah. What, Dwayne Johnson? Maybe. Maybe. The, also, um, also, one thing as well, the Riveteers are known for their kind of underground fight club kind of thing. So mm-hmm. maybe there's like mm-hmm. a WWE in this, in this, this play. <laughs> yeah, and Mr. Orfeo is like the secret underground WWE champion right now. Like, yeah. Do you think it will also have all of the god awful drama that WWE has? <laughs> wouldn't be a show the, like, wouldn't it? Yeah. The, the soap opera style mm-hmm. drama. That's my favorite part of it. Yeah, Somebody like whacks yeah. Mr. Orpheo around the back with a chair. The chair just, just <laughs> bursts into splinters and he pretends to fall over. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot smell what Mr. Orpheo is cooking. <laughs> the boulder. <laughs> the boulder. So now, yeah, that it, it makes me think more of the character from Avatar more. <laughs> yeah, which is a rip-off of The Rock, right? <laughs> which is a rip-off, yeah. The boulder is conflicting about hurting a small child. <laughs> the boulder is no longer conflicted. <laughs> I uh, think, is this the first time we've seen, like, the um, Mr. Mr. something in a, in a magic card? I was I was going to ask this actually. Yeah, that is actually oh, yeah. it's very we've seen different. And yeah, this card is kind of like goofy and hilarious and I just yeah, yeah I really, I'm a big fan I, of it, yeah. I don't think it's actually very good. But, <laughs> but it's, it's it's not terrible. It's if not you're building this with a lot of trample. Terrible. Um but yeah, like if this I think this could do a little bit more, especially when compared to the mm. others in this cycle. But I really like yeah. this card. I think this is yeah. uh, a fantastic design-wise. This is one of my favorite cards for yeah. sure. Like everything mm. about it is just amazing. I just um, I, like if they'd have just called it Orfeo the Boulder, that would have fit perfectly. They decided <laughs> yeah, that Mister Mister was, was, was great. 
Mister is great. That was a, a very good decision. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm a big fan of this one. Um, again, I, I just have such a connection to all of the Jun cards. I want to build all of these guys. Um, but yeah, it, it's a pretty powerful one. And one thing, especially because these guys are in common, uh, oh, sorry, uncommon, these are going to be very, very nice pickups in Limited. Uh, you'll mm-hmm. more or less be able to signpost the colors that you want to pick. And these all do exactly what you want to do in those three colors. Like the Esper one is, the Esper one is is pretty basic, but can be pretty strong as well. Mm-hmm. Effectively, it, it's a four mana three, four that reads, when you draw a card, target opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Um, mm-hmm. I The only thing I don't like about this card, is it, it's, it's a fairly underpowered ability. The only thing I don't like about it is that the other the other four cards are fairly pushed for commander. This one is quite the opposite. Um, it says target opponent, which means you only get to choose one po- one opponent. Yeah, it yeah. should have said all opponents. I think. Yeah, I, that, I don't. Know. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that like drawing cards is one of the strongest things you can do in Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know you really feel good about anything that draws you cards and draining somebody for one life when you draw a card is just like meh i guess it would be when i think about it as an uncommon commander would be incredibly broken as a commander if it said when you draw a card drain each opponent for one life and you gain one because not only is one of the most powerful strategies in commander like wheel decks and stuff Mm -hmm. like that we know wizards have been trying to pull away from that quite a lot yeah that's Um, that's true so potentially that's where that that uh philosophy came in to design this card but either way like it's a really nice value commander a bit of an engine as well like if you're playing these three colors you're going to have a lot of draw power you're going to be controlling the board a little bit and and card advantage is going to be your thing so um mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's a decent one uh, and then finally there is cormella glamour thief she is actually uh a very very powerful card a commander because Lots of people have picked out a bunch of combos with this one. So she is a four mana, two, four legendary vampire rogue with haste. Uh, and her ability reads tap one and her to add three mana. Uh, so one blue, one black, and one red. Spend this mana only to cast instant and or sorcery spells. When she dies, return up to one target instant or sorcery from your graveyard to your hand. Um, I cannot remember the specific combo that I saw with this, but... There is a you can kind of tell from the ability. There's quite a, a lot of ways to break this because yeah, of it's the breakable. It, with the haste, it lets her use her ability immediately, which means you can effectively if you're finding ways to like reanimate this, you are paying one mana to get three mana, and then once you've used the instant or sorcery, you use with that extra two mana that you've got, you can get it back by sacking her and bringing her back. Basically, I think the combo revolves around one of those cards where it's like when this creature dies, return it to the battlefield. And just repeating that over and over with like an ETB effect or something. Mm. So something maybe like Malakir's Rebirth as an example. I think you can pair that and Cormella to infinitely cast Malakir's Rebirth because you keep getting it back with her death trigger. And then when she comes back, you get the mana to cast it again. And then if you have something mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't know, like Bastion of Remembrance, you can just drain them every time yeah. uh, or any kind of ETB effect. You basically can get infinite ETBs with this. Well, so... I don't think you... Maybe you can, yeah. Uh, but it's not as simple as it looks. Because um, So the, the combo you just described, something like Malakir Rebirth, um, yeah. where you know you, you whack it on Cormella, you find a way to sack Cormella, she dies, Malakir Rebirth goes to the graveyard, Malakir Rebirth returns Cormella to the battlefield, and then you bring back Malakir Rebirth, you re- mm-hmm. play it back on Cormella, and oh, you're you kind of netting to... mana, you're netting a red and a blue mana each time you do this. 
right? Yeah. Uh, and so that's the idea is you can do this loop and make mana while you do it. However, it isn't infinite there because no, it's not. Yeah. the mana that you generate with Cormella can only be used to cast instants and sorceries, which mm -hmm. also means that you can't use that mana to trigger Cormella again. Trigger her ability. So yeah. the one so generic you can only is yeah. need to find. the amount of mana you have access yeah. to. Um, you could go infinite if you were able to cast something like a mana generating spell, um, mm -hmm. like a... Um, uh, I think Bergy you know. goes infinite with this. Oh, yeah, that's probably true. Bergy goes hella infinite with this, yeah. Yeah, but Bergy, <laughs> I mean, like, Bergy's... Bergy goes infinite Bergy's with everything. Great, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, finally, a card that breaks Bergy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Everything about the Maestros, by the way, I find really lame. Like, Xander really? is not a fun commander to play by the looks of it. Um, yeah. Evelyn is okay, but it's just too specific. Like, you have to play her in a vampire's deck, otherwise she's no good. And I'm not a yeah. huge fan of tribal commanders, um, even though half my decks are tribal. Um, and Cormella <laughs> is a combo commander, really. Yeah. Which, like, none of this is fun. Maestro's is not fun. So this is the thing. Like, in terms of the design that they so the maestros are known for being what like the the assassins of the, the assassin crime family they deal with a lot of killing mm -hmm. and, and hired uh assassinations murders and stuff like that i guess it's it it's not really reflected that well because it's around like this whole disruption um effect and incense and sorceries i guess you know instance sorceries are where you find a lot of your kill spells but i think it, i don't know i think the creatures should be the ones doing the kill spells you know well, you know, maybe this works because the maestros are also um, art enthusiasts, right? Uh huh. Um, and high art uh, makes no sense to anybody. Um, <laughs> so maybe that's what we're really going for. They're the family of, of um, like control and killing things, but in a way that you have to work really hard for and doesn't make sense. Let's just uh, shout out to all of our friends who are artists, who we love and appreciate. <laughs> Even if we don't understand it. Um, yeah, I, I guess so, Josh. <laughs> um, yeah, like, you're right, though. Like, the, the Maestro one, out of the five colours, has been the least sort of reflective of the family like i really enjoy i think the most uh, the one that i enjoy the most is obscura and how they are the they deal with a lot of like information and, and having power over they're kind of like little finger from game of thrones right that's mm. what the obscura faction yeah. basically is uh, and you get that in the form of card disadvantage and card advantage there's a lot of that in in the obscura colors you know yeah. making your opponents discard and getting lots of card draw and things like I mean, that so knife is like the perfect mechanic for it is it's quite literally what he does isn't it yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, uh, there's there's something to attest to there with with the design of the maestros, but it's fine. They're still cool. You know, people love Grixis. Um, yes, Grixis yeah. love Grixis, so. I just don't like those people. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like those people. Okay. Um, let's move on to another cycle of cards. So so far, we've only gone through legendary creatures. Um, let's move mm. on to a non-legendary creature cycle. So this is the what what we've dubbed as the elite Ooh, soldier. Such a variety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the elite soldier cycle is a cycle of creatures in the five family colors that are all of rares. So they are, as I said, because they're non-legendary, you cannot play them as commanders. So these are going to be seen mm -hmm. in more sort of uh, constructed formats 
that aren't commander, I, I would say. So um, generally speaking, these guys are pretty powerful. Uh, you're looking to like when you when you analyze these for limited, these these are a lot of these are pack one pick ones. Um, so let's go over the what would be the best one to go over first. Uh, I well the most simple one is the Naya one. Uh, the Naya one is a four mana four four elf druid with trample, lifelink, and haste. Now it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. I don't think it's very good, but in limited, this is fantastic. Oh yeah, in limited, uh, this, this is an is, absolute yeah. um, this is monster in limited. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't think it will see play anywhere else really. It's a bit too underwhelming for four mana, uh, which is crazy. Like a four mana four four with trample left and haste, you'd think that'd be really powerful. But especially at the fact that this is a rare card, um, mm-hmm. it's it's probably the not the most powerful one out of these ones. Yeah. There's just a um, couple of things missing from this card to make it playable. Um, yeah. And that is um, can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Damage mm-hmm. can't be yeah. prevented, and when this Something creature like deals that. damage to a player, deal the same amount of damage to a planeswalker that player controlled. Um, the, yeah, this one I think was the most like poorly designed one because what they basically did was what's a keyword from red, yeah. green, and white? Yeah, let's go with trample, life, and case. Done. That's <laughs> literally what I was going to say. It's like they forgot about this one. Yeah, and they're like, oh shit, we need to do that. Oh, shit, policies went, and tomorrow. Let's. Uh, uh, <laughs> Haste, lifelink, trample, cool, fine, whatever. Yeah. Like that feels that feels like what they did because all the others have so much more text and just like a bit more about them. Like this yeah. literally just has three keywords. Even which, tribally, yeah, this card doesn't lazy. fit in any of the no, Naya tribes. It doesn't. It's not a cat dog or anything. It's an elf druid, mm-hmm. and you're not going to be playing Naya elves. I don't think you know, not. It's no, not I don't. Go wide so. card, which is it's what not a go wide card either. Yeah, has been so far. Um, yeah. It's yeah, it's a weird one, uh, and also. Um, this this cycle uh, of elite soldiers, um, w- one of these is not like the others. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so one of got... them is a fucking avatar. Yeah, like, let's just imagine these five went toe-to-toe. <laughs> <laughs> one is a Viashino warrior, one's a cephalid wizard, one's a vampire warrior, one's an elf druid, and one is an avatar. Yeah, so which probably has the most powerful like, ability. Four of them are like five to seven foot humanoidish creatures, and one of them is yeah. like a twenty foot blue glowing six armed green <laughs> leg <laughs> something. Yeah, um, the soul of emancipation. It, like, I, th- I think emancipation is um, like cleansing or something, right? Mm. It's, a, it's a synonym for well, emancipation. I don't know. The only I, I the only. Definition I know is you can get emancipated from your parents. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> emancipation is a legal way for children to become adults before they are eighteen. Yeah. So this oh, is the yeah, soul of that. <laughs> I the see. soul of the soul of making children be adults. Um, this is um, they have no other choice. Yeah, not sure what that means this now. Is a, a fantastic card, by the way. <laughs> um, if we go over the card itself, it's a seven mana valued creature. So it costs four, mm-hmm. and a, it's in the uh, broker's four, color. Four so it's and a band. A bant colored creature. Um, when it enters the battlefield, destroy up to three other target non land permanents. For each of those permanents, its controller creates a 3 3 white angel creature token with flying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a 5 7. So there's a lot to compare. The, the, the bi- obviously, the, the biggest thing to compare this with is Terrasodon. Uh, that is the probably like where mm-hmm. most of this design came from. Uh, it is. Terrasodon is a nine mana valued creature in just green, which is a nine nine, I think. And yeah. 
effectively does the same ability, but when it enters the battlefield, it instead destroys three target non-land, non-creature permanents. Yes, that's right. Uh, and replaces them with three, three non-flying creatures. Um, I think that... Um... Trample. Trample? The elephants. Is it elephants? Yeah, three, three. Elephants. I don't think they have trample. So just yes. three, three vanilla elephants. They're just three, yeah. threes. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot to compare because while this does target creatures as well, you, uh, this only says non-land permanent. So you can target creatures with this, which is powerful. Um, in res- in return, they get three, three flying creatures, and that is a big deal because this thing itself doesn't have flying. Mm-hmm. So playing this on an empty board yourself, you know, you're gonna you need to find a way to protect from those flyers. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to compare it with. Like it's it's slightly cheaper in mana cost. Flickering this is gonna do you wonders, especially like you can you can slot this into the flicker deck, right? Because yes, well, you're yeah. giving them three three flies, but you're you're replacing those problematic creatures on board. So. It's a lot less yeah. versatile because of course Terrasodon is in one color, this is in three. I just yes. happen to play Bant Flicker. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. slam dunk, really. Slam dunk for you. Uh, and it is two mana value, it's two mana cheaper, so it's uh a lot easier to get out as well. Um, you don't need to ramp as fast as you need to for Terastodon. Yeah, I would say this is a, a far better than Terastodon. Obviously, Terastodon is playable in a lot more decks, but you know, you, you're going to be wanting to play this in Flicker. Mm-hmm. And Flicker yeah, if you're, if you're in Bant, if you can play this, I think this replaces Terastodon. Absolutely. Um, so, to be yeah. honest, Bant is in a, in a Bant deck, Bant is easier to pay than Green, Green, Green. Yeah, so, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. It's a slam dunk. Um, yeah, any Bant Flicker players out there, drop your Terracidons, put in Soul of Emancipation. Absolutely. I would uh, I would 100% attest to that. Um, yeah, very powerful card. <laughs> You're right. In comparison to the others, it's kind of fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, how would this even, like, vaguely fair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the other one, the other one that I really do like in this one is Zia Torres Envoy, which is the Jund one. The Jund one, I think, is quite incredible. Um, so the Jund one is a four mana, five, four with trample. Uh, when it deals damage to combat damage to a player, look at the top card of your library. You can play a land or cast a spell with mana value less than or equal to the damage dealt to that player uh, without paying its mana cost. Uh, if you don't put this card into your hand. And then you can blitz it for five mana, which is, I'm not sure if it's a new keyword or not, but it's the keyword tied to the Jund colors for this set, which is uh, you can cast this for its blitz cost. If you do, it gains haste and then you sacrifice it. Uh, you sacrifice it at the end of yours, at, the, at your index end step and draw a card. Um, so yeah, this is, this is a very powerful one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're either drawing a card or you're playing a card for free with this. Very, pretty mm-hmm. nicely started as well, like a 5-4 four for 4 with Trample. Um, you can find ways to you know do lots of damage with this one. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this one. Lots of, yeah. lots of stuff to pick out there. So yes, the Blitz, Blitz is, is a good. new keyword. Um, yeah. It's not one that we've actually talked about on the podcast before. No, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is kind of, a, I mean, it's a, it's a Blitz creature. It's mm-hmm. a very powerful ability. But it couldn't. It can't be your commander because it's not legendary. It can't be no. a PEDH commander because no, yeah. it's not legendary. Um, so <laughs> I don't really know where this sees play, to be honest. Other than like a, um, a Jund, just I don't know a Jund creature deck. It's a it's a really solid mm. card. It's a really good Jund card. Um, yeah. It just doesn't seem to define its own strategy, and I'm not I'm not 100 sure where this actually goes. Um. 
you are you are right. Yeah, like there's a bit of a mixture in the river tiers so far. What we've seen, there's a bit of a mixture between like low costed creatures that you want to use for sack and, and reanimation a little bit, and then also these big hasty creatures. So mm-hmm. there's a bit of a split path uh, there. But I think all of the decks, all of the five colors, kind of have that. You kind of have in the band, you have the flicker opp- opportunities as well as the counter synergies. Uh, mm-hmm. In the maestros, you have. A bit of reanimation as well as like uh i guess like assassination techniques and kill spells and stuff like yeah. that and ways to murder your opponent's creatures um yeah so maybe that's what they kind of went with each kind of family has a two defined paths to or two defined strategies to kind of go down which is which makes for a nice uh balance i think a nice bit of mixture you don't have to force one strategy into one set of colors which is nice to nice to see in this set well, yeah, that is true. But everything we've talked about has been three colors. Um, and there mm. are actually even more cycles of cards that are two colors. Um, because And it's the two color pairs that overlap with two families. So I kind mm. of mm-hmm. expected the three color cards to have a very distinct strategy. And then the see, two yeah. color cards either side of it to maybe overlap and, and explore more strategies. I, I, that's kind of what I would have expected. That um, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's, I think that's, that's... What's, what's normal yeah i think yeah that would have been a bit of a, a hard one to design though because that means you if, if you take the two color pairs there's going to be i think there's always going to be two of these five colors that are going to share those two colors mm-hmm. so for example the jund and naya colors both share red and green so yeah. when you make a red and green card you've got to make it work for both of those because it can be played with both of those um mm-hmm. i guess not necessarily but maybe in this set i would say so mm-hmm. um so yeah, uh, it's either way though, they've they've nailed the design of this set pretty damn well. I think like the yeah, I, I really the support for yeah. limited. Uh, we'll, we'll go over this one briefly, but the land fixing creature cycle is uh, one of the cycles I'm looking forward to the most for limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a cycle of common creatures, all with the same secondary ability of being able to tap two to exile it from your hand and giving your land the ability to tap for one of the three colors in that in, in mm-hmm. that color trio. Yeah. So, um, yeah, really nice ability. And then you can play that creature card from as long as it remains exiled. So mm-hmm. it curves effectively really nicely into itself. Um, They're good in um, Commander as well. Like, just yeah. to, uh, it's a budget way, because I think those are commons, that cycle. They're all commons, um, yeah. It's a really budget way to smooth your mana a little smooth bit. Smooth your mana out, yeah. And yeah, just in, smoothing in your mana out in that. Limited is so important. So this is definitely, mm. I would say this is like a Limited push card. And I'm really happy to see this one, because um, it gives you a nice sort of sort of valuable creature to play at the top end, as well as being a good early play to fix your mana. So... Yeah, it's uh, real good stuff to see. Um, as well as the land-fixing creature cycle, we also have uh, what we've kind of dubbed as the soldier cycle. Uh, so not 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 legendary creatures and not rares. They are at uncommon, and they are all in the three colors, and they all have mana value three. So they are all either white, blue, black, or black, red, green in the specific family colors. Mm-hmm. And I think the purpose of these cards is to be your limited signpost card. You want to pick these up at Uncommon and that kind of decides which of the three colors, which of the five colors you're going to go into. Um, these are pretty sweet cards as well. Like you have some powerful ones here. I think my favorite one out of these five is Disciplined Duelist, which is the Bant one. The Bant one is a 2-1 human citizen with double strike and it enters the battlefield with a shield counter on it. For Limited, that is a powerful creature. Uh, at three mana, 
you're getting a double striker that yeah. has its own built-in protection. And when you're playing, if you're playing Bant and Limited, you're going to have lots of ways to put counters on this thing, buff it up, uh, make it a bit stronger. So yeah, yeah this is going to be your signpost strategy creature. Yeah, definitely. Do you guys ever see a magic card and think this is a D&D character that I want to play? I don't do that, Josh. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, <laughs> maybe for the D&D set, yeah. Point. <laughs> um, I do it all the time and Discipline Duelist is one of those cards like as soon as I saw this uh, and I read the card I want to play this character it looks like he looks like he'd be like okay. a monk kind of yeah class, yeah. Monk class. Um, yeah but he's you know it's just like a monk but um so the brokers focus on um what do they call it like d- defense based combat um, which yeah. I think is a, a, a cool concept. Um, and I think that it, it's done in a very cool way in this set. And you know, lame. One, one of the things that, yeah, <laughs> traditionally it's pretty lame. Like, I, I, don't really, but I, think, I think it's pretty dope. Um, in yeah. this set, I think they've made it look really good. One of the things that I think, I think is missing in this set is um, Teo, the planeswalker. I really think that Teo and okay. the brokers that's are true. So perfect okay. together. They're pretty. They're pretty fit well together. Yeah. yeah, like Teo is a white-based planeswalker. White is the core color of the brokers. Teo is a shield mage, and the brokers revolve around like a, a Teo planeswalker that put like shields counters on on your creatures or something. I oh, really think right. there was a space for that yeah. in this set, and I I'm kind of disappointed. Like Teo is like the lamest planeswalker out there. And I think yeah. they have a chance. I think they have you know a chance what? to I... give off like a Bant Teo planeswalker. Um and it would have been really cool. I'm now thinking that they're gonna do a I don't think it'll be a Bant. I think it'll be a mono white as they always do with Teo. I reckon that the alchemy cards for this set is gonna feature a Teo planeswalker. That okay interesting. Yeah. yeah, good call. I think they're going to do that because that's where they can kind of be a bit more creative with the law because there isn't really any law behind the alchemy cards. Yeah. So, yeah, they yeah. could just chuck in Teo if they want to, I think, mm-hmm. which would be pretty sweet. And it would, yeah. you're right, it would very, very nicely fit into a, a strategy of, what, putting defend, uh, shield counters yeah. on your creatures. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, maybe they couldn't really think of a law way that Teo would, would be work with player. the brokers specifically. Yeah. He, he wouldn't be a crime family kind really of guy. Does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe not. But mechanically, I think it's just so spot on. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Um, Tritz. Some of the other soldier soldiers in this cycle, uh, we've got Brazen Upstart, which is the Naya one. It is a four-two elf shaman with vigilance. Uh, when it dies, look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put them into your hand. Uh, put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. What do you guys think of this one? This is my least favorite artwork in the set. Yeah, it's, it's, this, the artwork is pretty lame. This looks like a tech bro that's just <laughs> done a huge line of coke to the sound <laughs> of Bass Hunter. Um, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so specific. <laughs> I thought this looks more like someone cosplaying as a D&D character, but they need glasses because they're a fucking nerd. <laughs> They need like I'm green to say that light filtering glasses. glasses. No, I, I, we're, we're calling, yeah, we're calling people out there that in, in an unfair <laughs> way. <laughs> now, this guy, like the green tinted sunglasses indoors at night, by the way, sunglasses at night. Okay, <laughs> uh, that's enough. Are they um, indoors? 
No, maybe he's not indoors. No, I think they're outdoors, but I it is nighttime. He's outdoors, but it's nighttime and he's it wearing definitely nighttime. It is very much nighttime, yeah. And he's like, oh. <laughs> like even the flavor text. The flavor text is a quote. Um, and it says, trust me, you don't want to deal with me. My associates are much less pleasant. Like, yeah, he sounds like a fucking lame yeah. Just <laughs> So this is, this is what I think he is. I think that the guy in the background is his big brother and his mum has made him take him along. And he's like really excited. This card needs to be minted as an NFT. This is like... Oh my God, it's such an oh, NFT. You're I hate so right. that so much. I hate this card so much. This, this, this guy on this card would mint this card as an NFT. That's it. That is the best description. If NFTs are not the, you know, technological equivalent of a brazen upstart, then I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Oh man, yeah. But even that That's... is... Only slightly worse than the, the Maestro's soldier, which is Corpse Appraiser. Um, mm. Because... I like this guy. I think he's kind of cool. I think it's so weird. Oh, my God. He's a yeah. corpse appraiser. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the artwork shows him, like... like The artwork shows him, like, looking at this dead body. Like, what does he do? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's a 10 out of 10, that. <laughs> nice corpse. Four. I think... The maestros deal with so like, um, but they're like the, the the death ones, aren't they? Well, I'm well, sure they all kill. It, but... The whole thing with maestros, like their their whole thing is that their kills have to be really like they have to be clean kills, don't they? Yeah, they. they so this is they kind of like rating their kill. If you look at the art. flavor text, the flavor text reads scarcely a mark, a true work of art. But what does this so mean? Like, what does it? Is it like Magic the Gathering card grading? Like, you send it to this guy, yeah, you the corpse comes back in like a, I don't know, like a plastic case or something, and then what you can like, oh, this is a, this is a nine point five. Like, I think it is. This. No, like a, I, I think of... it's more like he checks to see whether there's anything that would lead the body back to yeah, the crime family. Potentially. Well, it's because that's where that, it says or... scarcely a mark, a true work of art. I feel like yeah. he's like. Is there anything going on? I mean, they're all vampires and he's looking at the neck. So I think he's basically just looking to see if there's any bite marks. That's true. Because there is nothing suspicious about having a job title in your (laughs) company. (laughs) Labeled Corpse (laughs) Appraiser. Corpse is what we call our (laughs) HR system. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, it's a custom CRM. My... My headcanon for his job is that he, because the maestros are a very proud people. So they're like the proud, old fashioned, appreciate mm-hmm. the finer things in life vampires. So maybe they judge each other based on how well their kills are placed. Mm. Okay. Maybe that's what this guy's job is. It's like, hmm, yes, this is a delectable kill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind truly of, I see him as like a sommelier, like but with corpses. Like he like yeah. gives it okay. a sniff, gives it, it a smell. Be... He's like, mm, yes, oh. eight months and four days ago. Mm. He would be yes, district one in Hunger Games. Mm. <laughs> He'd be what, Sammy? He'd be district one in Hunger Games. That's what I imagine him as. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, very like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It took me a second. But yeah. 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 Um, well, that actually that actually kind of fits because um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but Nuka Pena, the plane, is mm. one massive city, um, and it's very very tall and not very wide so there is three layers um there's the heights at the top and then there's like the the mezza something in the middle uh and then there's another layer at the bottom which i completely can't remember 
because I didn't research this at all. Uh, but the, there's like the three bottom distinct... is the, where the trash people are. Yeah, that's where like the river tears live. Um, oh, in what? the heights is where like the mice live. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, and then underneath that is just this like barren rock that I think is old Capenna. Uh, so New Capenna oh, is actually okay. kind of like a dystopian mega city built in a very narrow upward spire. Oh, um, and yeah, it is like um, like a layer cake. Uh, so in a sense, yeah, this guy would live at the top in the District One area. District One, yeah. yeah. See, this is okay. why this one makes me like the Riveters more. They're like the working class, basically. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Got a shout out to those guys, you know. <laughs> Yeah, because you're 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 so working class. <laughs> Don't expose me, Sarah. These are my people. <laughs> you literally spend like probably twenty three hours just either in your bed or on your desk chair. <laughs> I get paid for it, okay? <laughs> oh dear! You don't even like the outside. <laughs> yeah. But they're cool. Sorry, Sammy. (laughs) It's okay. The the other two that we haven't gone through, the Obscura and the Riveteer ones, fairly standard cards. Uh, The the Riveteer one is Crew Captain, a 4-2 with haste, and as long as it's entered the battlefield this turn, it has Indestructible. Mm. I really like this one. Um, This is a nicely started 3-mana creature with Indestructible on the first turn. And it's Um, um, really wholesome as well. Like, uh, so the flavor text is, the Riveteers are as good at raising buildings as they are at raising them, as in, like, (laughs) uh, R-A-Z-I-N-G. And it's just very wholesome. Like, it's it's just a a happy lady, dressed all dapper, at work, just being a productive member of society. Yeah. Shout out to this lady. Shout out Mm -hmm. to the crew captain. Um, Hmm. And then Nimble Latinist is the Obscura or Esper colored one. Uh, which is a flying 2-1, and when it enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals their hand, you choose an artifact, instant, or sorcery card from it, and exile it. Um, fitting into the that sub-theme of like card disadvantage and card advantage in the Asper yeah. colors. This is a really good card. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a great name. I-, I think that it could go into Esper control decks in standard like as a sideboard uh... against the mirror, um, and like, you're nabbing your opponent's mind. counter spells or kill spells uh, and if they don't kill this, it is a clock. It's a two-one with flying. Like that is some pressure. Uh, I so don't I, know I, though. Not in the Esper control deck. The, the three mana slot in the Esper control deck is fucking nuts. Like you've got things like the Celestus and uh, what else do you have? You have. I think you have some. You have way better than this, right? Um, yes, but I am thinking in the sideboard, like in the matchups where against the mirror. I think this is pretty good. Um, potentially maybe maybe there's a Not... second esper control list which is more kind of hardcore control um yeah uh yeah i, th- I think this could see play in a, uh, in an esper list because i think this is really good against other control decks i don't know like, you, can, you can you can their celestis on the play you can play this and take their celestis you can take their kill spell their counter spell um and you actually leave a threat on the board which does need to be answered eventually does it need to be answered it's a 2-1 flying yes but two of them um (laughs) (laughs) two yes two ones with flying is twice as much as one hear me out josh hear me out hear me out hear me out three nimble (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh dear me. Um, I don't know, man. I'm I'm not I'm not sold that this card will. It's just the fact that it, it does cost Esper colors at three mana. It's not going to be easy to play this on turn three anyway. Like yes, we have yeah. a lot of mana fixing and and lands and stuff, but even tapped. then, yeah, like mm. it's it's going to be rough to to pull off three colors in standard still. Like obviously yeah. in limited, I think it's going to be easier because you're going to be wanting to play those like land fixing cards. You're not going to be wanting to do that in standard because it's you know if you're spending the first like one or two turns land fixing, um, you're going to die to mono white straight away. <laughs> you're yeah. dead. Yep. Um, that is true. At the moment, two drops, control decks really want to foretell a doom scar on turn two. Something like that, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this guy because um, it's hard to play on turn three and even if you play it on turn three, it's like mediocre at best, right? So. I mean, it's terrible against mono white. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> shit against mono white. Horrendous against mono white. You can yeah. hit the... <laughs> Uh, valorous stance, I guess. <laughs> oh no, this whole yep. strategy ruined. <laughs> oh crap! Yeah, then it just like chump blocks Athalia. <laughs> like it's mm. yeah, it's <laughs> not good against Mono White. Not not the fan, not fantastic. But yeah, um, these are really nice. Like as I said, they're all uncommon. They're very uh, nice sort of signpost cards in limited. Uh, where they're going to see the play most is limited. But uh, mm-hmm. that covers all of the creature cycles we have gone through so far. Um. There are plenty, plenty more card cycles in this set. We've got the Ascendancy cycle, the Charm cycle. We've got a Spell cycle, I would say, where there's kind of like a rare instant or sorcery in each of these families' colours. Um, you've got the Colour Hate cycle, which is cards that hate on a specific colour, um, which we had similarly to the Dungeons & Dragons set. Um, I think there was a cycle of colours that a cycle of cards that hated on a specific colour. So yeah, we will cover those in another episode because unfortunately we are running out of time. But yeah, those were all the those are all the non-creature cards. Uh, there's also like an enchantment cycle as well, a hideaway enchantment, which is a returning keyword. Um, so yeah, we will go over those next time. Be sure to tune in for next week's episode. We'll go over a bunch of those and a bunch of the uh, commons for limited also. Um, so if you're interested in that one, make sure you catch us next week. Same time, same place, Chatterstorm. If you want to keep up with us on Twitter, we are on there at Chatterstorm Pod. We also have our Through the Cindivine newsletter, which you can visit and subscribe to by visiting chatterstorm.co.uk slash TTC. Uh, the newsletter is a weekly roundup of standard news. So be sure to check that out. And yeah, check out our website, chatterstorm.co.uk with mm-hmm. all of the information around our podcast but other than that catch us next week same time same place thank you very much for listening everybody bye everybody bye so be sure to oh fuck so fuck Ah, fuck. I can't believe you've done this.